Howdy, y'all. Ugh, nope, nope, not going to do that one again. Thought I'd mix it up and say something different. But I'll stick to, hi there. Hi, everybody. Welcome. It's Sarah Hanchar here with Hi, I Think You're Nice. This episode is lovely. It's with my friend Liz Bramer, and we talk about books, specifically spooky books. Hooray! And at the end, I read a story by Daphne Land. It's called Mary, Mary, Quite Contrary. And Daphne was the last year's winner at Mopop's right out of this world contest. So Mopop is the Museum of Pop Culture here in Seattle, and they have a wonderful uh, contest called Right Out of This World. So if you have a young person in your life um, they have who's interested in writing, first of all, do they care about writing? Or are they into that? Uh, there's this really great contest from third grade all the way up to 12th grade. There are three different segments. Uh, so I highly recommend putting in for it, guys, because I heard these kids read amazing stories from third grade all the way up to 12th grade, creative, fascinating, unusual, exciting. And it made me really excited for the future that we have good writers coming up, coming up, coming out, coming at you and ready to share their work. So I highly recommend checking it out. Go to www.mopop.org slash right out of this world, right as in W-R-I-T-E, right out of this world. Also, you can read the other uh, submissions that have won. So it's pretty dang cool. Uh, what is it exactly? Well, its submissions are judged by a panel of experts, including Mopop curators, professional writers, and Seattle community leaders. Submissions must be 200 to 2,000 words long and be in the sci-fi and or fantasy genres. F- winners for first, second, and third place will be awarded by grade level in the following categories. Third to fifth grade, sixth to 8th grade, ninth through 12th grade. Contest winners are invited to participate in workshops with Jack Straw Cultural Center's experienced team at the Arts Professional. Prize package includes a workshop on writing and editing, vocal coaching, and a recording session to produce an audio version of their winning entry. Wow, I should, uh, man, I, well, I'm not really a writer, but I, I wouldn't mind getting some of that vocal coaching and se- <laughs> recording session coaching. Huh. Hmm, Mopop, take pity on me, help a girl out. Any hoozle, go check it out. Lovely stuff, good stuff, great. Uh, now on to business as usual. As always, if you could please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, I always can appreciate that wherever you listen to your podcast, however you're listening to me. Thank you so much for being here. I truly appreciate it. Just like, review, subscribe, five stars, thumbs up, download episodes, tell your friends, get a skywriter and let the world know about hi, I think you're nice. And also, I still have some stickers. So if you want some, let me know. I'm at Sarah at I think you're nice.com, or you can find me on Facebook, I think you're nice, uh, Instagram, I think you're nice, and Twitter, I think you're nice. And I think this episode is very nice. Let's read, or rather, let's listen to us talk about reading with my friend Liz. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. I love you, oodles. Bye. Have a seat and let's have a nice time. I think you're nice. So let's chat, so let's chat, so let's chat. I think you're nice, so let's chat. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hi, I Think You're Nice. This is Sarah Hanchar. I am your host today, and I have a water mustache that I can feel, and I need to get rid of it before I keep talking. And today, I'm with my friend, Liz Bramer. That's me. And we're going to talk about books. Yeah, we are. Uh, We're going to focus maybe a little bit on spooky books. Yes. But first and foremost, books and reading. I do it a lot. You you do it a lot. I do. Um, so you okay? So hi, Liz. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Great. We can just casually get into it. Like, yeah, hey, I'm good. Hey, did I tell you about this book I'm reading? What a book? Yeah. Which one? It's called The Hollow of Fear. Oh, it actually is. Oh, really? <laughs> this is not a fake like intro. This is not a bullshit improv no, moment. Okay, this is, this is a genuine, true improv moment. But awesome. I am reading a book called The Hollow of Fear, and it's the third in a series called the Lady Sherlock series. The Lady Sherlock series. Sh- Sh- Lady <laughs> Sherlock series. Yes, it's 
it's by a woman named Sherry Thomas who lives in Austin. I just recently found out. Um, and it is sort of like a reimagining of Shakespeare. Not as a... Shakespeare. <laughs> There's no reimagining of Shakespeare. <laughs> they don't even talk about Shakespeare. Like, maybe once. Maybe. I'm well, sure he comes Holmes. up a lot, just randomly. I mean, so. it is British. Yeah. So there's probably some indebtedness. I mean, they both spent some time in London. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> Reimagining of the Sherlock Holmes series. Not like if Sherlock was a woman, but sort of the idea is that there's this woman and she um, uh, has a falling from society. She oh. sleeps with a guy. <gasps> I know. And um, in order so that her, but she doesn't have to be forced into marriage and then she gets like sort of disowned by her parents and she has to figure out how to like make her own way so she invents a guy it's really good and it's oh. sim- they're all similar to the sherlock holmes books but it's like this super smart woman in these like you know sherlock holmes time period which i don't know dates but I, um, Edwardian? I, I think he's edwardian yeah um it's super good they're like very compelling Ooh. And this one, the third one's called The Hollow of Fear. The Hollow of Fear. I'm yeah. on board 100%. I just like the premise that she went to Bone Town yeah. just so she wouldn't have to get married. <laughs> right? She's like, I am literally going to do anything to Basically. not get hitched right yeah. now. So Then it works. <laughs> so... <laughs> there you go. All right. Good for uh, her. Yeah. <laughs> I recently read... Um, Guess not recently. Uh, I just read uh, my very first Sherlock Holmes because uh-huh. I've never read it yeah. by Sir Conan Arnodile. Arthur Conan Doyle. Arno Conan Doyle. <laughs> Here's a problem that I have: remembering things, especially yeah. three word names like Joseph, Gordon, Levitt. Nailed yes, it! You got there. That's the first <laughs> time ever in my life I've ever said that. Anyway, so Arthur Conan. Doyle. Yes. Oh, that's right. Is that the right order? That's it. Sweet. Um, I didn't realize. Have you read them? I actually haven't read any of the original ones. They, Maybe one. I don't know. I read um, a study in Scarlet or a study in Red, which mm-hmm. is um, which the new Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. series is based on for uh, a woman in a study in Pink. It is so similar. Like even the dialogue really? is word for word. They've had to substitute huh. tech words and say say like taxi driver instead of coach or whatever yeah but for the most part it i mean his attitude everyone who's ever read sherlock is like a doy um <laughs> right. but i had never read sherlock yeah. and i just figured he was sort of do you know who i think of when i think of sherlock yeah. when data does those sherlock oh episodes in yes! enterprise yes star in wars the, uh, in or star wars oh my god oh my god i'm gonna get chased <laughs> Together we're going to get all the words we need for this podcast. <laughs> By the you know, end. I do this on purpose so that way I can tag as many things as possible. Hashtag Star Wars. Hashtag, hashtag Shakespeare. Hashtag Shakespeare. <laughs> hashtag Jason Gordon Levitt. Was I close? Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, anyway, yeah. so that's who I originally thought of as um, Sherlock is that's Data. And yeah. that's not accurate either. But yeah, I was astounded how uh, similar it was. The dialogue is similar. Same thing with reading uh, Charles Dickens. So yeah. he has a lot of dialogue in there. Yeah. So whenever you see, when you read it, you're like, oh, it's just like the movie. And, and it's like, like oh. oh, that's why the dialogue is so solid and so good. Yeah. And yeah, that's why the later uh, Sherlock episodes are kind of crappy because I'm like, they're not using the source material Yeah, they're anymore. trying to do their own. They're very just into themselves. Yeah. We get it. You're popular. Uh. <laughs> anyway, books. Books. <laughs> so have you, yeah. were you always a, vor- a voracious reader? I was. Um, when I was little, books were like the thing that like my parents wouldn't like limit me from getting. Oh, so, sure. Like, I was like, let's just go to the bookstore and I'll just get like six books. <laughs> and it's really funny. So like, so that was the thing. And they would let me do it. Right. Like That's I awesome. always had a ton of books around. Um, and they're readers, but they're not as big of readers as me. Um, and of course, Scholastic, like you would get the little piece of paper yeah. and I would go through and I would circle all the books I would want. And then I would For try like to book like, fair day. Yeah. 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 And then you would turn in your, you'd cut the little piece of paper out. We'd put a little number by all the books and then you'd get them in the mail or like someone would come like the bookmobile. I was going to say the bookmobile yeah. was my life. It was so <laughs> great. And they would open up that thing and there'd be all these books and it was just like Christmas all the time. Um, 
the funny thing I was going to say is that I went home for Thanksgiving and my, uh, I took my, I have three nieces and I took them to the library and we were, we walked down the street and the oldest one, Chloe is a super big reader too. She's just like me. Oh yeah. And she was like, all right, we can only get three books each. And I was like, oh, no one has to teach children. They just do the same things that you did. And then I was like, have you ever guys pretended like the floor is lava? And they were like, duh. And I'm like, oh my God, kids. <laughs> This is just how kids are. They just repeat patterns without, like, you ever telling them. Like, only three books each. I'm like, why would you? That's crazy. Who's telling like, you this, children? How did you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really fun. And also another thing we did when I was at home was we uh, climbed a tree and read a book aloud to each other, which was really cute. Like oh, a chapter book. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. I know. It was really great. That's really cute. Aww. So she's a big reader and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in a really small town, which is also where, where they live. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a whole lot of things like to do. So there's like a lot of reading. But reading is a... Yeah. Just because For your me. town doesn't have a lot to do doesn't yeah. mean a lot of people true. read. <laughs> would that be amazing, though? It would be oh, man. a better world. I don't have anything to do. I'll just read a book. Like, well, <laughs> I, have, I don't really have a lot to do today. Huh, I guess I'll read. No, maybe I'll cook some meth. Like, you know what <laughs> right, I mean? Yeah, I suppose, I suppose that's true. So choosing to read is is excellent. Thank you. Because it's a I it's a it's a it's a beautiful voyage for your brain. <laughs> and uh I uh I had a I struggled with reading. Um mm-hmm. uh so I'm dyslexic and but we weren't super sure that what my reading problem was exactly but it was like third grade and I was not reading reading I was reciting what teachers were saying uh-huh. but when it came to like spell tests and stuff they're like what's what's happening something's <laughs> wrong so like I had to have like remedial <laughs> like I had tutors and I had to learn all over I had to learn from like the get-go because oh. I just managed to fake my way oh my through gosh. reading yeah. <laughs> to like too long probably yeah. It's really easy if you just remember what the teacher says and like, then you say it back. It's like, that's a skill, though. That's yeah. like a work skill. Well, now it is. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As a child, you probably right. should learn how to read. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think you're doing great. <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> we got there. Oh, thank God for Patty Carell. She was my, my teacher or my... my my parents had her teach me because I would just cry constantly just Aww. as like when yeah. I would get too frustrated, I'm like weeping. Yeah. And she would just sit there and be like, we'll just wait it out till the, till you're ready. Any hoozle. But something yeah. my mom did for me um, from a young age was read books to me. And so initial, so even though I myself wasn't reading, I loved stories. I loved mm-hmm. hearing them and I loved all of those things and became very obsessed with books and then when I could read them, boom, read them. <laughs> <laughs> Into it. Into yeah. it. I can't remember the, like, the, there was a book series. It wasn't a babysitter's club. It was like Friends Forever Club or something. And I was like, I, yeah, I read all those. Brag. Nice. <laughs> anyway. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, always, always been a good reader. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. All through my life. And, like, now I read for work a lot. So I'm a paralegal, so I read a lot of contracts. I actually think it's made me an even faster reader. I bet you are a real fast reader. I am a real fast reader. So the more you, the more you do something, the more you can do it. I don't know. Is don't that you a, dare is that say that, I don't know. that saying, like, practicing something makes you better it, at it. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> but I th- maybe, but not everything, right? Yeah, not everything. <laughs> not but like, we could all win the Olympics. <laughs> I don't necessarily think we could. Oh, I have never gotten better at math. I do transpose numbers, but I don't transpose letters. Well. And I wonder partially if, like, I just see part of a word and, like, just, like, fill the word in. But with numbers, you have to actually do all the understand. Do the like, gut work yeah, of it. Of yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know those things that are, like. Do not walk on the, the grass, but mm-hmm. the, those are on different lines. I, like, never catch that. Have you ever seen one of those oh, things? Oh, where they have, like, a double up yeah. thing, or, like, yeah, something. Yeah. And it's like, look closely and see what's wrong with this. And I'm like, nothing's wrong with this. Because I, like, just fill the sentence Like, don't in. worry about it. I got it already. Yeah, it's fine. I know what it says. I know what it's supposed to say. And then I'm like, oh. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's, uh, 
I have that, I, I have that similar problem also. And I always, I like to have people check all of my work because right. <laughs> yes. who knows what I'm typing. I know. <laughs> I know. There's no squiggly underlines under it. Can we just talk briefly? I know this isn't about books or reading, mm-hmm. but can we talk about the beautiful life that we have with Spellcheck? Yes. I love Spellcheck. It's my favorite. I'm actually a terrible <laughs> speller. Oh, really? Yeah. Which oh. I think is related to that thing about not seeing all the words. <laughs> you have it enough. I mean, like, that actually yeah. makes me feel better. It's like, ugh, I have the word. I have the I sentence enough. Is. I know what it I is. Know. I can just move on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine. You're... It seems like you're retaining the books that you're reading. I'm so. trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them, yeah. 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 When did you get into spooky books? Or did um, you have any? No. I always had... I always like spooky books. Um, I remember probably... Not probably the first scary book I ever read, but Lucy Maud Montgomery, who wrote Anne of Green Gables. Okay. And those books wrote... Book of short horror stories and like scary stories, and I I remember it, and like I can't remember what it's called. Every once in a while, I like look it up because someone's like, "What? She wrote what?" And then I have to like look it up and find it. And there are these like you know in Canada on the farm. It's like the same setup as Anne of Green Gables, but they're like scary ghost (laughs) stories, and they're so good. Basically, they're all about orphans. No, um, they're all about like small towns in Canada. And, sure, like, like houses where and they're the spookiest where like, places. A, right? <laughs> Big field, giant Victorian hotel, ghost. It's like you know, every story. What a great recipe! Super fun. I mean, that's basically The Shining, right? Is what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But haunted house stories in particular are probably my favorite. Oh. Because I've read a lot of different scary stuff. Like, I went through this period in, like, middle school and high school where I read, like, 20 Stephen King books. And a bunch of books by Dean Koontz, who is, like, not yeah. quite Stephen Yeah, who's King. Stephen King Light, yeah. L-I-T-E. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Stephen King. I'm, like, a big thing. But all of the house stories are definitely my favorites. Yeah, like, spooky houses. Yeah. When you were little, little, did you ever read uh, um, R.L. Stein or yes. Goosebumps or those? Oh, man. Do you remember, um, did you ever re- or read or hear about, the, I think there was a movie, Down a Dark Hall? Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about this book. It's amazing. It's about this troubled girl. Mm-hmm. It's probably set in the 70s, um, who gets sent to, like, this private school um where there's like six students and they're Ooh. all young girls and they're Ugh. all like artists. So she's a she's a piano oh. player and one of them like one of them's a painter and stuff. And then wait, she wakes up and her hands hurt and it's all these like spooky teacher and everything. Ooh. <laughs> like, I, I'm gonna spoil a lot of books, maybe. <laughs> I'll try not to spoil too many, but this one I'm gonna spoil. So if you want to read Down a Dark Hall and you haven't, please fast forward thirty seconds. Okay. Um, the, the, at night, they're getting possessed by the ghosts of dead artists, and they're, like, writing new works by them. Oh! It's <laughs> super creepy! That's real creepy. It was amazing. And she used to, like, take down the school and, like, escape. Yeah. Yeah. So. Huh. The ghosts couldn't get inside a doll or something? I like, guess they needed a, a working human, human finger. Yeah. What is more susceptible to a ghost than a young <laughs> woman <laughs> on the cusp of womanhood? <laughs> A girl. A girl Still. just filled with emotions and hormones and dreams <laughs> and anger. There's so much anger there. So much anger. <laughs> oh, da- was it Down a Dark Hallway? Down a Dark Hall, yeah. Nice. Oh, just down, down a Dark Hall. Yeah. Forget the way. They made uh, recently an update of it on Netflix. Oh, but I good? have not watched it, so okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm afraid it's not good because I didn't hear anything about it. <laughs> like, oh. I saw the trailer and then never heard anything about it. Sure. Um, I don't know. Well, the Anne of Green Gables. Was, yeah. I've, I've never read it and I've also not seen, I guess it was originally. Oh, my gosh. So good? <sighs> that Anne of Green Gables with, uh, I can't think of her name now. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It came out when I was in middle school. It was, like, life-changing. Aww. I wanted to, like, live on a farm. <laughs> In Prince Edward Island. I would, like, ask my parents to take me to Prince Edward Island for vacation. They're like, no. We're, we're in Texas, right? <laughs> no, I'm from Ohio. Oh, you're from Ohio. Yeah, That's yeah. right. You spent time in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ohio was lousy with farms. I lived in, like, kind of like a Rust Belt area. Oh, so, like, okay. not a farm area. Okay. Anyway, we just had stupid houses that weren't haunted by anything, no matter how much I wanted it. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, be haunted. Pretty much. I remember going into a, a cemetery near my best friend's house, like in, in middle school and high school, and being like, oh, I want to be I want to be spooked. I want to be freaked out. Nothing. Absolutely nothing yeah. going on. No. I went to uh, Scotland a couple of years ago, and I stayed at We stayed at an inn mm-hmm. uh, on, like, a moor. And we came up at night, Ooh. and it was, like, dark, and there was just, like, one little light on. It was a and b Yeah. Like, a genuine B&B, not an Airbnb. Like a, yeah. And, like, the the oldest possible woman I've ever met, like, opened the door and yes. was like, come in, we've finished dinner, all the guests are sleeping, yes. here's, a, here's, like, the remains of a bottle of wine. It was amazing. I was like... Did you drink that wine? Hell yeah, I did. I was like, this place is haunted as F. Am I allowed to swear? You're allowed to swear. This place you're is haunted as fuck. Um, I was ready for it. They were, like, creepy painting. I mean, they weren't creepy, but, like, at night, and then you show up late. Of course. Of course, they were so creepy. Like, young children with little white dogs. Children you know? and dogs are horrifying at night. I, and, there, and in the room, there was, like, a book that was, like, The Ghosts of Scotland. And I was like, yes! It's happening! <laughs> I'm gonna see a ghost! And I didn't. But, man, I wanted it. But you had... The you setup know, was... You were ghost adjacent. Yes. You, you had everything but. Yeah. So that, yeah. <laughs> oh if, the, if that were a scary movie, I would have been yelling at the screen, don't drink the wine. Yeah, like, pretty don't. much. Oh, on top of the book that was like the ghosts of Scotland was like a, a clock that was unplugged. So it was like no time. In the room. I was like, oh, it's so good. It's so good in here. It's so spooky. So spooky. I have medium amounts of, I I like being scared and I like being, that's why I like spooky reading Mm -hmm. because you can take it at your own pace. I want to find out about what's lurking within us. That's keeping us here. Yes. And what are, what are the, um. How do we navigate this world that we're in that's set up in such a crazy way yeah. yeah um uh hill house the haunting, uh, the haunting of hill house, of hill house. Mm-hmm. loved the book yes love the book was very nervous about yeah. the show did you watch it i did it was so different from the so book. so different i was like why did they <clears throat> even call it the haunting of hill house the only thing the only reason it still gets a green light for the name for me, because it matters, because, uh-huh. I, I mean, you know that I have a very tight deal with Netflix. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's huge. Everyone knows. Um, because so much was pulled from not just uh, the original book by Shirley Jackson, but, like, other, like, little things um, from, like, her short stories, I mm-hmm. think. And there were just enough things that made it so Shirley Jackson that I'm like, all right, my biggest beef was that the writer was a dude. Yeah, yeah. And hearing him say those words about Hill House, I'm like, no, no. That's surely, that's surely who's talking about that house. Well, there's a part where the maid does it, too, that I thought was great. Yes, yes. She was lovely, and that explains, like, we probably won't spoil Hill House because... People might still want to watch it. (laughs) Because I highly recommend it. There are very deeply upsetting parts in it. Have you seen the original 1950s movie, The Haunting of Hill House? Uh, I haven't. There's one called, like, The Haunting of Hell House, which I figured was a play on it. There are, like, a bunch. There's also, like, The House on Haunted Hill, which also came out in the 50s. Both The House on Haunted Hill and The Haunting of Hill House came out in the 50s, 60s, and then they were, like, remade in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I saw the Don't, crappy remake yeah. 90s. They bummed me out. Yeah. But the original <laughs> the original one in the 50s is so good. Oh, is it? And it is much it sticks much more to the book. Good. I'll bring it back to books. Yeah, we can go back so to books. So The Haunting of Hill House is yes. an amazing novel by Shirley Jackson which everyone should read if you haven't read it. It's very mind-bendy, right? Like it's, you're not sure. It's unassuming. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. Cuz I'm like her her writing is so beautiful and smooth. And just lulls you in, and you're like, tell me more, Shirley. Yeah. Oh my gosh, let's hear about the garden. Oh no, what's oh, wrong with the garden? Something is not right here. What? I feel nervous. Why Why do I feel scared? And yeah. why am I'm alone now? I'm alone. Time to turn on all of the lights <laughs> and just up, maybe just yeah. make some, sing some songs to myself. <laughs> Have you yes. read um, We've Always Lived in the Castle? Yes. Oh. I started reading that in Powell's Books oh, in God. in Portland. Mm-hmm. I sat down, um, I was with some friends, and I'm like, ooh, Shirley Jackson section. I'm like, I'll just be right here 
half an hour later, like, you haven't gone anywhere. I'm like, oh, I have to have this book. <laughs> <laughs> I must finish it. And it's, I, that's yeah. one of my favorite. It's so wonderful. I don't know what to say about it. That wouldn't spoil it. Yeah. But it's another way of looking at how things are scary and why things are scary and yeah. how they become that way. Well, I won't spoil it either. But when you read the first just the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. So much about the rest of the book is in the first paragraph of that I'll book. I'll have to reread where, it. Where, like, right away you're like, something's not right here. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems fine. Yeah. But also the way she structures her sentences and the way she, like, sets up um, the narrator and, like, sort of, like, what she looks at and what she says. Once you read the whole book, you're like, oh, my gosh, it was all right there. No wonder I felt off about it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all just, just a... Gooch over so you're yeah. tippy and not comfortable and not well planted. But at the same time, like I said, you're listening to these beautiful words. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that one I definitely, I'm like, what did I just read? No, no, no. Let me read that again. What did I just read? Yeah. The part where she's burying the the necklace, was uh-huh. it, or something? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that's that's weird. No, no, no. Let me th- No, that's well, weird. She's just a kid, maybe. I don't know no. She's, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that makes me doubt how smart I am as a person. No, I think like, that's really the way it's written. Is I think that you, so like, too. You're not. You just feel like everything's a little bit off. Yeah, for a lot of it, and then you were like, "Oh, things are really off." We find out later. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's not a spoiler. It's it's a scary book. It's a scary book. Yeah. Things are off. That's yeah. the whole the whole deal of it. Yeah. The the scariest book, or what? What would you deem your scariest book that like? maybe haunted you or upset you the most i've been thinking about this i'll talk about so i'll talk about three books it's really hard for me to like come down to like one no don't worry about it yeah especially you're not married to it either (laughs) you can we can come back and be like you know what i changed my mind i have a new book i forgot about this (laughs) exactly (laughs) first first um the first half of the stand have you ever read The I've Stand? I've not read The Stand. Seen I've seen it. The I've... miniseries. The miniseries is good, okay? I like it. I stand by it's fine. it. It's fine. The Rat Man, forgive you this time. M O O N. That spells scary. It's like a lot of Stephen King books. You're like, maybe this is a little problematic. I don't know. Maybe, probably. But, so like in the, in the stand, I'm not giving anything away here. The first half of the stand is about uh, a, a super plague. Yes. Like a massive plague that uh, goes out and kills like 99.9% of humanity. So that was like terrifying. Yeah. I must have been in early high school when I read that. And I was like afraid to breathe. Like I was like, it could be happening right now. I'd be breathing in and I could die today. I was like sort of like understanding like that's what happens with like outbreaks like plagues uh, and it you know could happen um so it's terrifying all these people are dying it's horrible like inside melting thing because it's a bioweapon that got out of a um of a military facility um and you learn that from the get like from the first chapter that's one of the things that stephen king does well he's like here's a lot of scary things that you just need to know right now yeah So that's really good. And then there's, like, a second wave. This is before the supernatural stuff even comes into it. This is just, like, scary. Then there's the second wave of people dying where it's, like, the people who didn't die from the plague but are, like... Stuck places? Yeah. So, like, everyone in this town died except for a nine-year-old girl. You know? (gasps) Like, it's just, like, like next-level terrifying that you're just, like, oh, God, that could be me. I mean, now I hope I die. You know? Like, it's just, like... Oh, like just crazy. So then there's like a second level of like, yeah, people running out of food and then people going crazy and like by both of those things. And like that second wave of stuff, like you don't even think about that. You're like, well, plague and then survivors. And then it's not like the survivors are like, well, yeah, like everything's fine. There's the rest of us. Yeah. (laughs) Don't mind all these bodies. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just clean that up later. Right. That was a part that was so disturbing in the miniseries. My mom and I really <laughs> like the miniseries. Have you seen it? Yes. Because I loved the book and because teenage Liz had a crush on weird people all the time. Not that <gasps> Gary Sinise was so cute. Oh my god! Cute. Really? I saw him on Broadway because like mom. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, I'm thinking like who else would be in there? Like Roblo, whatever. But like, Gary, nope, Gary Sinise. Sinise. Oh my God. 
Great. So, yes. So, yeah. we both had it for Gary Sinise. Yes. Good. <laughs> Good. Bonding. Yeah. yeah. He, he, it's a, it's well, I'm standing by it. I'm still defending yeah. it. It's, uh, oh, but I was going to say, oh, uh, was it the crazy woman who gets all the mannequins and, like, makes a town with all her oh, mannequins? Yeah, that part yeah. is disturbing. I don't know if that's in the book or not. Yeah. There's so many vignettes in the book that you're just like, oh. Why, Stephen? Why so many words? Why? Oh, drugs, I think. Oh, is that it? Yeah, okay. like, he, he's been very open about how, like, for a lot of his career, he did, like, a ton of coke. He doesn't okay. do it anymore. Okay. But, but you shouldn't yeah. if you can avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that explains so much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're, they're excellent and they're really well written, but the length of them, honestly, because yeah. of how slow I am as a reader, it intimidates me to a point where I'm like, I won't get this done in three months and I'm going to feel really bad about myself. Yeah. So I'm just going to read a short one. <laughs> and the stand is one of the longer ones too. Yeah. I remember my brother, my brother read all of the Stephen King ones and I saw like, cause they were paperbacks. So they're small, you know, just like a regular book size, but like Bible length thick. Right. I'm like, well, intimidated, burp, burp, but yeah. maybe I'll give it a try. Probably not the stand, because like I said, that's too close to real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets into the, the second half of the book is like good versus evil. Battle, sure, sure. Like we get the devil fun. in there, yeah. and there's, yeah. a, there's a there's the there's a bomb guy. Yeah, trash, trash can, can man. man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bump to bump. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, as an offshoot, so we went to a um, a '90s sing along party and. Uh, as a screensaver, they had Joey Lawrence up. Yes. Um, and everyone's like, oh, Joey Lawrence, a crush. And I was with Patrick. I'm like, God, that wasn't my crush. He's like, well, then who was your crush in the 90s? Besides Gary Sinise, of course. Uh, was uh, John Cleese? <laughs> <laughs> was, my, was my other, like, adolescent crush? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I feel like that explains so much. Um, <laughs> anywho... Yeah. Um, okay, so that was Stan. That's that one, of the, one. one of the scariest books that has stuck with you. Second one I'll go with is called um, House of Leaves. <gasps> I haven't finished it. <gasps> oh, do you have it? I do have it. Oh, my gosh. Can I tell you why I haven't finished it? Because it's incredibly hard to read. <laughs> it's so hard yeah. to read. Listeners. Okay, the book is a physical experience. It is. You couldn't read it on a Kindle or anything like you that. You can't, because I tried. Yeah. Because I once, um, I, every, like, six months or so, I ask Facebook, I'm like, what scary book should I read? And I kept getting House of Leaves, and I kept looking for it, and, and Patrick's like, I don't think you're going to be able to read it, because he's also a voracious reader. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't think you're going to be able to get it. And I'm like, why? He's like, I, you, I just don't think you will. So I got it. Anyway, but yeah, it's yeah. you don't just open it. You have to turn it. And sometimes it's upside down or going backwards. Yeah. And there's like parts where there's just like text on top of text and mm-hmm. it's like like a little black keyhole. square. There's keyholes. There's um references in references in references. There's like letters that are coded. You literally have to turn the book in a circle because there's like spirals of words. Um it's so good. I and I, it's a book within a book within a book, I think. Yes, it's very um who wrote Cthulhu? Lovecraft. Lovecraft. It feels very Lovecraftian yeah. in that um a, we're with the narrator, but the narrator is also experiencing something because somebody else he's reading about has experienced something yeah. because they have are experiencing like it's so many layers mm-hmm. deep that you kind of get lost in whose voice are you listening to yeah. anymore. And who can you trust? Yeah. Cuz it's a it's a thing that happens to a family so it's a haunted house it's a haunted house um and then a documentary about that and then a book about the documentary and then the guy is Oof. reading the book about the, the documentary. documentary that he finds in was it so it's a documentary it's been a while since i've I know, read it i can't remember the exact setup because the haunted house stuff is the stuff most of the stuff that stayed with me yeah the hallways always thing the oh <gasps> I'm putting... It's very existential of a book. I'm putting my shirt over my head because it's so... (laughs) She really is. So spooky. It's the same thing I do when I think about bugs because it's so spooky and scary. (laughs) So I will set set up um, a little bit and then try not to spoil it. (laughs) Audience, get ready. Um, (laughs) Me too because I haven't finished it. (laughs) So, and and this is early. This is early in in the book. Um, 
uh, when you're in the, the haunted house section right. of the book. So the, it's about a family who moves into um, a farmhouse. It's been many years since I've yeah, read it, Yeah, some sort of, like, isolated yeah. big home. And they one day wake up and there's a door where there was no door before. And at first the door just opens into the next room. Um, and then... They're like, that's weird, because that's weird. Because there didn't used to be a room right there. Yeah. Well, then they open it one day, and there's a small hallway going between the rooms. So the house is now bigger on the inside, mm-hmm. in a not nice Normal. TARDIS kind of way. So then they're like, that's weird, there's this hallway there. And then they open it, and every time they open it, it gets, like, bigger and bigger, and then one day they open it, and it's, like, just pitch black, and it's like a tunnel. And then it's just, like, it, that's sort of the beginning of this thing. But there's a part where they're um they build they're building a bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um I can't remember exactly what happens, but the inside of the house expands just enough that a book falls off the end of the bookshelf, <laughs> which had previously been from wall to wall. And it is one of the creepiest moments I have ever read in a book. It's so good. <laughs> So the, hall, the hallway rejects animals. Like, animals will appear outside when they go in the hallway. The animals will just, like, show up outside. Oh, I'd forgotten yeah. that part. Yeah. It's only the people that can go in oh. the hallway. Man. Oh, it's so creepy. I forgot about that book thing. <sighs> That's deeply unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. One of, the, one of the scariest. That's so good. Things I've ever read. The creepy one... Uh, because he, at one point, the guy talks about the the Greek myth of um, where Echo, where yeah. Echo comes from. Mm-hmm. And that this uh, poor, is it a goddess or her deal, whatever, she's cursed. And all she can ever say is, like, the last few words of whatever someone else has just said. And eventually becomes only, like, the last sound or last word that someone says. And, like, like we learn about that. And then just, oh, just, I'm not going to do it justice. No. Just, just read, read it. it. Just in, read in, it and be scared. In paperback form. So he, It's also heavy. It's oh, like it's a big. Big ass yeah. book. It's big. It's not really for bus. It's not really reading. for bus or like I lay down and read. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this, getting my, you know, yeah. working on my delts. No, mm-hmm. I have no idea what arms are. The author of that book is either, <laughs> this is a very different relationship. He, <laughs> he has a relationship with Poe, the musician. Remember her? And oh, they're, oh! They're either dating or brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell like I can tell like I can tell like nine tenths of a story, and I'm always missing like one key thing. I don't know what their well, relationship let's hope it's is. Not both. Did you know that she wrote like a companion album? No, to go along with them. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's great. Well, now we have to check it out. And I need to finish. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. one time I, I followed him, the author, Mike Danielowski, I think is how you say it, uh-huh. uh, on Instagram. And he commented on one of my pictures. <gasps> and I was like, oh, my God. It was so great. Oh, Liz just grew like wings and jetted them and flew away. I did. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> I live really close to the airport. So <laughs> you can you can go head over there if you need to land. Um, uh, outstanding. Yeah. Book number three. Uh, book number three I read last year. Uh, a friend suggested it to me. It's called um, The Grip of It by oh, Jack Jem. Uh-huh. Uh, Jemk, I think. Um, and it is another haunted house story. Yes. And it just has the most unreliable narrators. Like, you know there's something wrong with these people, or, like, you feel like there's something wrong with these people, and you can't tell at any point whether they've broken with reality or whether their house is haunted or whether they're doing it to themselves or each other. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so great. And they're like a young, you know, recently married couple and they moved to this town to, like, get away from the stresses of a city life. Yeah, because they were not super great people in the city. Yeah. 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 I I was just so disconcerting where you're like, if something happens to you, how do you know whether it's happening to you or whether you're, like, can you trust your own mind kind of? Oh. Really good. You know, I didn't, I should have dived, dove deeper? (laughs) Dived? Done a deep dive? Nope. Those are not the words I really want to (laughs) say. Well, anyway. Yeah. I should have thought about it harder. Um, Because I I really enjoyed, like, the first half, probably the first, like, two-thirds, I really enjoyed. And then I felt, they lost me somehow. Like, it didn't. In House of Leaves? Yeah. No, no, no. uh, In, uh. 
the grip of it. Oh, okay. I've, okay. I've read yeah, that yeah, one yeah. too. Okay. Um, and it just, it just lost me somehow. And I'm realizing now it's probably because I didn't trust the narrators. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know your deal friend because that's part of it is you don't yeah. know what is real. Yeah. If anyone's just screwing with somebody. Right. The children. Yeah. The children in the trees. Yeah. That's creepy. That me that was like my ender for one night. <clears throat> when because uh, I'm like yeah. I can't I can't cope with this yeah. the children who never come down and don't have parents what's like what? their deal why why are they there why don't they have parents why why oh. and why can't anybody else see them and what's with the neighbor like, yeah <laughs> yeah <clears throat> it's hard to like to read a book with a an unre- like a super unreliable narrator where you sort of the idea is that you don't know what's happening because mm-hmm. you're like I don't know what's happening yeah I feel alienated from this book. Buy this book. Like, it's doing yeah. it on purpose, but it's working. Yeah. Uh, have you read or seen Annihilation? No. Um, do not read this book if you like closure or answers. <laughs> but if you just like spooky things where, like, you can't really, like, totally understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. They're so, they're really, really good. And they made a movie, but I don't think the movie, I haven't seen the movie I don't think it's that much like the book. I think the guy who directed the movie and wrote the movie, like, read the book, really liked it, and decided to write what he remembered from it. (laughs) (laughs) I swear. I swear. Like, I'm not making that up. I'm not, like, dissing the movie. I think that was, like, the legitimate, like, he was like, this is what I'm going to do, and then did it. These are the cool parts I remember, and that's the part I'm going to (laughs) do. The second, this is, it's a trilogy, and they're very short, um, very short books. It's called Annihilation. Uh, authority and acceptance. Hmm. They're all really short. And there's a part in the second one that was, I forgot about, that was one of the one of the creepiest things I've read in a long time. Ooh, now I'm excited. It takes place in an attic. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> not a basement. Never go in an attic. <laughs> yeah, right? Or a basement. If it's yeah. not on the main level, don't Just go there. Don't, don't go into it. You don't need it. You're going to find a jar of teeth. You're going to yeah. find... <laughs> You're going to find something. A li- uh, something alive, maybe mm-hmm. human, maybe an animal that talks to you. Oh, maybe. Not in a cute way. But not in a cute way. Yeah, just no, in no, some no. kind of like, I don't know. Nightmare fuel. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. My, f- my f- scariest movie or scariest book that has stuck with me is The Shining. Yeah. Um They're just... The topiary part, which is not in the movie mm-hmm. at all. It's very, very different from the movie, yeah. um, obviously. It's so scary. It's so scary. But you, I can't define why it's scary. Yeah. How can something not moving be scary? How can something not uh, attacking be frightening? But it is. Yeah. It just... I was uh, reading that in the tunnels of Epcot when I worked at Disney. <laughs> and so, like, we would have these two-and-a-half-hour breaks and be alone in the tunnels of Disney. Because <laughs> the Epcot tunnels are very empty. Uh, the, the, yeah. the Magic Kingdom ones, they always bustling, always people everywhere. Yeah. But these ones are just not. So huh. that, I don't, maybe Gosh. I do recommend reading it in the tunnels because it <laughs> yeah. really set the tone <laughs> of terrifying. That's great. Any so haunted houses are your favorites. Mm-hmm. My favorite scary books. They're all haunted houses. A lot of things happen at home, right? A lot of scary oh, yeah. things happen at home, or are born from your home life. Yes, that's I think, true. I think it's my theory. It's I'm, not my theory. It's a theory. <laughs> I didn't come up with that. I don't want everyone to be like she thinks she came up with that. <laughs> Breaking news! <laughs> Liz has cracked the code of, of scary books. <laughs> well, it all comes down to our our parents, right? Like, yeah. I realize as I'm doing stuff around the house or just like wanting things for my home, I'm like, oh, I want this because this is what was at my grandparents' house, and yeah. I want this because it reminds me when I was a kid. And all right, right? I'm just trying to be twelve again. All right, and you're supposed to be like safe at home, but what if you're not <gasps> safe at home? That's the scariest thing. I know. Because if you're not safe at home, then where are you safe? Nowhere. Nowhere. Nowhere is safe. Mm mm. Mm mm. Nowhere is safe. I was, <laughs> I was, um, <laughs> L- listeners, nowhere is safe. Um, Thank you for listening to Hi, I Think You're Nice. Nowhere is safe. Enjoy your nightmares. 
be a podcast about happy things. No, just um, nice things. I think scary books are nice. Okay, good, good, good. I'm glad. Oh, I'm... no, no, no. We're not, we're not even touching on Bummer Town. We're doing great. Excellent. <laughs> Like the thing that makes you excited is all like right next to what makes you what makes you feel afraid. Yes, yeah. in your brain, yeah. in your brain hole, <laughs> appearing in your head, yep. in your noggin. There's like <laughs> stuff in there that synapse and what have you. Yeah, that yeah. give you feelings. Yeah, they release endorphins and whatnot. Uh huh. And they're right next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So getting back to books, you read. Forty books in a year was that like a challenge you'd heard of, or just something you wanted to do? So in 2013, it was just something I wanted to do, and I did it. I had to cram some small books in there at the end of the year <laughs> <laughs> to do it. But this year, I read 40 books, and it's only December 3rd. Oh, so you're done. I'm done. Well, I'm gonna, I was like, oh, I have to see how many more I can get done in December. <laughs> so I'm almost done with 41. Nice. Um, and then I don't know. Cause they have to be like. Quit either short or quick reads for me to like finish them by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, like like I said, I'm reading the Hollow of Fear and it's a uh, very compelling. So, do you make time? Because I find I only read. I tend to read at night, mm-hmm. and I tend to fall asleep after I don't know a page, <laughs> and so. <laughs> yeah. So I don't get a lot of reading done, and then I forget. That, like, that's an option yeah. to read instead of do other things. So do you, like, set time aside like you would for the gym and, like, breakfast and whatever? Or do you just sort of like, oh, I have a minute. I'll read. I read on the light rail to and from work. Oh, that's good. Um, If I can sit down or if I buy books on the Kindle. You can't stand up and read, like, you know, The House of Leaves. On Certainly the, not. On the light rail. <laughs> factors that go into it uh so if i have something there's like a place i could sit down or like a way i can hold it i'll read to and from and i can get a lot done that way and then i read i'll read when i get home from work usually Mm um i don't know just like when you get home from work you're like hi puppy hello my love yeah i'm gonna read now yeah oh that sounds nice it is nice that sounds like you're being nice to your brain yeah Hmm. I like it. And I, I mean, like, I finish most books that I start, um, but I stopped finishing all the books that I start, which has been helpful because sometimes you're reading a book and you're like, I'm not into this. And I used mm-hmm. to be like a completist where I'm like, yeah. I must finish this. And yeah. I'm like, I don't have to finish this. It's fine if I don't finish this. I'm I'm in the place where I have started probably 15 books and have been like, I don't like any of this. Like, <laughs> Like, probably four chapters in, or I'll start reading something like the the Portrait of Dorian Gray. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I am not up for this language right now. Yeah. Like, sometimes my brain is absolutely ready for ye old language. Yeah. Like, reading um, Sherlock and stuff. Bruh. Like, if, I, if I'm in the right mood, but if I'm not, I'm like, oh, tracking this is a little too, too. Yeah. I, I want to know what's happening easier, please. <laughs> I have been reading, like, Anna Karenina for, like, four years. Like, oh, that book man. is never going to get done. Splurge. Get that on book on tape, <laughs> yeah. girl. Slowly, every once in a while, I'm like, a little more. Nope, that's enough. <laughs> Someday I'll finish this book. <laughs> for a while. Oh, I got that confused with who wrote Anna Karenina? Uh, Tolstoy. Tolstoy. Um, I got that con- confused with Kafka. I used to have the <laughs> the uh, metamorphosis as bathroom reading. Yeah. I used to put like smart books in bathrooms. I'm like, I'm here. I have nothing else to do. This is before yeah. smartphones, people. And so I'm like, fine, I will read about the metamorphosis and turning into a cockroach. Yep. And thus my fear of cockroaches was born. Yeah. No, that's not true. <laughs> I've always been scared. Um yeah, uh, book on tape. What do you, what? How do you feel about uh, audio? I feel good about audio. Do you think it counts as reading a book? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Because that's how I read a lot of books for sure. <laughs> I uh, I I like the act of reading, so I don't. But I absolutely think it's fine. And originally, the thing that pushed me into getting an Amazon Alexa was that like, if you're reading on your 
Kindle and mm-hmm. then you want her to read it to you, you can have her start from your Kindle point, which I've never actually done, so I don't know how to actually do Wait, it. And what? then she'll read it aloud. So it's not quite, and it's not available for all books, apparently. Does she read in her robot I, voice? I have a feeling she might. Oh. <laughs> so that's another reason I haven't done it. But like, I used to do the same thing where I'd like lay in bed and then I'd be like, oh, if only I didn't have to physically read this book anymore. I can't hold it anywhere mm-hmm. comfortable. Yeah. Um, maybe I was like, that sounds amazing. I've never used it. Okay. That feature. Books. Um, yeah, for a while there, I was trying to get the, I was trying to do the, like, the classics. Because I really want to, I want to throw around references and know what they are. Yeah. I want to feel, like, that confident. And because these books are classics, quote unquote, for a reason. Right. Granted, they're all written by white men. But, right. <laughs> but, but a lot of them still have, have merit and at least, um... Yeah. You know, in our collective knowledge of, of literature. So um, I did Gone with the Wind. That was, I think, 48 hours of listening. Oh, my gosh. And it was, it is, it is, oh, gosh. I had every feeling I could have. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I'm absolutely glad I listened to it. The woman who read the who who read did a beautiful job, considering she had to record for forty eight oh hours. Yeah. Forty eight hours. <sighs> That's two solid days of talking. <sighs> And saying some things I'm sure she was very uncomfortable with, because yeah. I was uncomfortable hearing it. Um, <laughs> we won't get into those points, because this is a nice podcast. Um, but it was, but I'm, I really enjoyed the journey. But after that, I was sort of like, Whew, all right, now I need a short one. So I like, Yeah, I do, I do that too. I, I try to like one. do like alternate like fun books and like yeah. good books, although the distinction is arbitrary. Like classic books versus like all the sci-fi and fantasy stuff. I wonder, yeah, <laughs> which are also good, which get maligned for being you know like just fun, but like yeah. some of them are really yeah. You know, talk cover social issues in an interesting way. Absolutely. Have you read um, Artemis? It's by the same person who wrote The Martian. No, if you've read, read the Mar- that, I have read The Martian. Excellent. I haven't read Artemis. Uh, same guy who wrote it. Um, it's about living on the moon, and it's a really interesting story. Um, that. Yeah, covers interesting social issues, and because that guy is such a nerd, who's yeah, who who wrote it? Weir, Anthony Weir, Anthony Weir, um, and uh, it's great. It's and uh, well, I'm a space nerd, so anything that's in space, I'm pretty excited about yeah. it, especially when it's like accurate. Yeah, I'm like yeah, accurate <laughs> space nerd stuff. Woo! Oh, oh. there's so. this um. Local guy, famous guy, uh, Neil Stevenson Mm-mm. is his name. Um, he wrote, like, I think he wrote Cryptonomicon, which is, like, a famous, like, uh, what do they call it? Cyberpunk book? Anyway, he wrote a book, like, <laughs> what's a cyberpunk book? I'm saying, I'm book? saying, I'm making, I'm making up words. No, these are all real words. I promise. <laughs> no, those are, cyberpunk and book are all yeah. real words. Book I is did. a real word. Okay. <laughs> Kids, you might remember before phones uh, and Audible. It's an analog book. <laughs> yes, analog books. Well, he wrote a book, uh, I think, I don't know, two two or three years ago called Seven Eves. And it's... Uh, yeah, I know Seven Eves. Have you read it? I've not read it. P-Funk has. Um, I should have I, him in here because he's read every single book that you've mentioned. I, I was almost. like, I'm going to sit down and read this book. I'm really excited about it. I really want to read it, but it was like, the beginning is like real heavy. Like yeah. Because it's, like, hard science, I think they call it. Like, hard sci-fi. It is. Where it's, like, based in, like, factual, like, science, earth science. <laughs> <laughs> the science, like, the technology that we have today and, like, what would happen in this situation. Yeah. And you're just like, everybody's going to die, mostly. <laughs> and, <you're> like, <laughs> and that's just the cold, hard nature of the universe. And I'm just like, oh, I cannot handle this right now. I cannot. Where is, uh, where are the... Men with swords and the fairies and the magic. I, well, <laughs> I need at least a horse, a trusty companion, Somebody perhaps? a dog, a dog. Is there a pet? A hand to hold? Yeah, it was, it was a real rough. Hope on the like, horizon? No. But I want to read it one day. Uh, P-Funk likes it. I think it yeah. also is a series. Oh, is it really? So I think... I also might be speaking out of my butt. I might be thinking of another thing also, but I'm pretty sure he read Seven Eves. Um, there are some really good uh, fictional horror podcasts as well. Um, there's one called Alice Isn't Dead. I haven't listened to that one yet. It's by the same people who do Welcome to Night Vale, yeah, right? Yeah, but it's a, it's a companion? W- a story. It's oh. It's like a story. So it's not, a, not as kind of like 
random as Welcome to Night Vale. It's like a eight. The first season is like twelve episodes, and it tells one continuous okay. story. I need to download that. Yeah. Have you read It Devours, which is from? It's in the. It's no, set in I the haven't. town. I haven't. It's set in the town of Night Vale, and I have the audio, and it's uh, Cecil Baldwin who reads it. Yes. Like so him. you have, but it's nice because he's not using his um, Cecil voice that he uses for Night Vale. Like when he's the radio host, he has a, yeah. a specific cadence, but he still has that rich and lovely voice and it's gorgeous. It's not Haunted yeah. House, but it's spooky AF. That's awesome. And, but it's also beautiful and heartwarming and terrible and sad and also it's just yeah. lovely. It has all the things that make a book delicious. Alice Isn't Dead is the same the same way. And it's the um woman who does the mayor on <gasps> Oh, I Nightmare. love her. And Jessica Nicole. Yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> She's so good. Um but so at the end of the year in December I like to list all the books that I read and like maybe put a sentence or two about them. Mm-hmm. Um I really like to give book recommendations to people because I've read so many books. I like to give personal recommendations. I very rarely be like, everyone should read this book because yep. I don't think that's true necessarily. Yep. Sure. Um, but there are some like real good ones that I read this year. And then I had started to make a list of books I wanted to read next year and then get people's like input on what else mm-hmm. I should add or whatever. And I already have like 23 books that I want to read next year. So. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, and that's like called down from my wish list of like 200 books. Wow. Some have been on there for like 10 years. I'm sure. never going to read that book. Sure. It's like book number one on my wish list from 2012 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, most of the books I read are fiction or, like, somehow inspirational. Like, not necessarily, like, in, <laughs> not religious in any way, but, like, how, somehow like... Somehow inspirational. Like, like, ones that are, like... The partial you know, like, unicorn story. How, like, the inner game of tennis and, like, you know, Zen and the art of archery and, like, stuff about, like, how to, like... Oh, okay. Not, like, how to improve yourself, but, like, how to... I don't know. Yeah. And, like, some Buddhist books. Oh. And, um, yeah. Chris Hatfield's book. Um, he's the Canadian who, yeah. who who's spent the most amount of time in space. Um, he wrote a book and I actually had to stop reading it because I felt like he was judging me. Oh, no. Um, because he grew, you know, he grew up in Canada. He's from Canada and yeah. he saw the space program and he's like, oh, there is no space program in Canada. I will never be an astronaut. He's like, not. that's not how I'm going to look at it. How would an astronaut do his homework? An astronaut sure would. Would an astronaut eat his lunch? He sure would. And like every part of his life was like, how can I make sure that I am doing this the best that I can to make the best future for myself? On one hand, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But at the place where I was personally, I'm like, I'm a failure and I'm never going to be an astronaut. (laughs) And Chris Hadfield's really disappointed in me. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you might enjoy that book as a a somewhat, what word did you use? I said inspirational. Somehow inspirational, but what was the word before it? Vaguely? Vaguely inspirational. Somewhat inspirational? Somehow inspirational? Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's one of those books, I think. Plus, he went to space, which is dope. So, um, last year, I got to host, um, or like MC, uh, right out of this world at Mopop. It's a a competition for children, actually. Uh Um, Kids between grades, God, was it like 3 and 12? Yeah. Uh, They write uh, science fiction or what have you. And then, like, right out of this world. <laughs> and then they're awarded various things, including, um, I don't work for Mopop, but guys, if you have children out there who write, this is a really cool thing. Um, I think it's only Seattle-based, so I'm not sure. Anyway, it's a cool competition, and they got to, like, work with a vocal coach and record their stuff. And then they got to read it in front of the thing, or in front of everybody, and it was very cool. Uh, so this is... Um, this was my favorite from Daphne Land. It's Mary Mary Quite Contrary. So it's a short story. It's only two pages. Okay. Okay. So saddle up. We're going to be for three and a half hours because I told you all how slow I read. <laughs> At 10, two, no, that'd be terrible. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to look at Instagram. I'm going to look at Instagram real quick. <laughs> just keep going. That's fine. You're okay. doing excellent. Okay, so Mary Mary Quite Contrary by Daphne Land. 
At 10 to noon, Mary Scott was waiting by her front door with a plate of cookies. They were snickerdoodles, store-bought, though she'd never admitted. She smoothed out her apron and checked the clock. She'd been told the judges would arrive at 12 p.m., but Mr. Applegate, head of the judging panel, and he was always a few minutes early. At 11.54 a.m., there was a sharp rapping on the door. Mary delayed a couple of seconds to make it seem as though she hadn't been lying in wait, <laughs> plastered on her most gracious smile, and opened the door. There were three people on her porch. Hiram Applegate, the boisterous man who had been with the American Vasilium Society for 21 years, Lily Reese, a photographer who thought much more than she talked, and Jonathan Creed, a newcomer to town who wrote for a very prestigious gardening magazine. Mary shepherded her guest into the parlor and offered them the snickerdoodles. Mr. Applegate took several, chatting all the while. Miss Mary, delighted to see you. It's been far too long, he, as he took a bite and pondered exactly how long it had been. Last year's seed swap, wasn't it? I believe so, said Mary. She noticed Mr. Creed had declined any cookies. New judges were always so by the book. Mary <laughs> straightened her shoulders and suggested they get down to business. Her garden would speak for itself. The party moved to Mary's backyard. The judges readied their clipboards and set down a cobblestone path. Things started off well. Mrs. Reese admired Mary's fringed bleeding hearts and, and even Mr. Creed cast an appreciative eye over the rose bushes. This was all well and good, but Mary knew it was just window dressing. She ached to get to the main event. The path in Mary's garden wound its way through the flowers and led to a copse? C-O-P-S-E? Copse? Mm -hmm. I've never heard that word before ever in my life. It's like a little tiny wood, like a little yeah. small. This is a child who wrote this. How old is this person? Um, I'm going to say, I think she might have been in 12th grade. But still. Yeah. She's 17, 18. Yeah. She could be as young as nine. I don't remember what I'm, grade. I'm um, really excited to find out what the main event is. So yeah. good suspense. Right? Yes. Just from the get-go, she. Yeah. I, I keep referring to this kid as a young Shirley Jackson because it's unassuming, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. It's so smooth and her, everyone's ha has having cookies and we're yeah. being polite and nice um, to each like, other. like fake polite? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Because well, all of those sort of things are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's always like yeah, it's always something going on. Exactly. Um, all right, get me uh, to the main event. Uh, the path. Oh, here are the cops of Copes. 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 God, I've never heard that word. Anyway. <gasps> the path in Mary's garden wound its way through flowers and led to a copse of plum trees near the backyard. Scarlet cloth was hung between the trees, obscuring what lay beyond. Mary took the lead, and when the, and when the group reached the trees, making ready to remove the cloth hanging over the path. Ladies and gents, I present to you the pièce de résistance, Vasilium populus, more commonly known as pod people. She <laughs> yanked away the fabric to reveal a row of strange plants. They were no less than eight feet tall, their sturdy stalks curved at the top and attached in large pods. The pods were dark green with thick, bumpy skin bunched in the middle. As the plants were bases uh, were broad, Rosy leaves and offshoots were reminiscent of a Venus flytraps, though they were six times larger. The mouths of the flytraps fly were trusseted shut. The judges clustered around the leftmost plant, examining every inch and taking notes. Vivid coloring, firm stalk, sensitive nasal pores. Mr. Creed <laughs> mumbled as he stroked the flytrap. It twitched and convulsed, unable to bite with red twine around its mouth. How do you do it, Miss Mary? How do you do it? Mr. Applegate asked as he compared the pod to the color wheel on his clipboard. Mary giggled. <laughs> Love and dedication, I suppose, she said, and then added, These are grown from a shipment direct from the New World. Mr. Applegate whistled. Ooh, that must have cost a pretty penny. After a few minutes, Mr. Applegate waved his com companions away from the plant. That's enough of the exterior, Miss Mary, if I may do the honors. Of course, she replied and grabbed a pair of gardening shears from her apron pocket. She handed them to Mr. Applegate, who knew at the base of who knelt at the base of the plant and pressed the tip of the shears at the bottom of the pod, where the skin bunched. Mary held her breath. She had done everything she could, did all the right things at all the right times, but you never really know how they're going to turn out until you open them. Mr. Applegate drew the shears up the middle of the pod. There was a sinewy snapping sound as the pod split, releasing a tidal wave of goo. Mr. Applegate stepped back quickly, even uh, with 21 years of practice, he couldn't avoid messing up his trousers. <laughs> 
He gave a loud harumph and reached inside the plant. What he drew back, or when he drew back, there was another hand cupped in his. It was followed by an arm, then a whole body. The pod person stumbled into the light, stood there blinking. She was tall and lithe, with black, black wavy hair, pale skin and muscled build. Her eyes were dark blue like the sea. They darted back and forth, taking in everything and nothing. The judges rushed forward again to look her over. Her jaws flapped, her jaw flapped wordlessly as they poked and prodded her. Although, after thoroughly examining the maid, the judges leapt, left her to see Mary's care, left her to Mary's care, as they repeated the process with the rest of the plants. Soon there were six naked women standing in the garden, slimy and shivering. Mary ran back to the house and grabbed the laundry basket full of dresses she had bought at Goodwill. Mary couldn't have been more pleased. This was the best crop she's had in years, not an ugly one in the bunch. Indeed, it was Mary's opinion that one or two look had the look of an actor about them. Hollywood was always looking for fresh faces. She set aside considering potential she set aside considering potential buyers long enough to escort the judges to the door. As they left, Mr. Applegate turned to her with a wink and a smile and said, You didn't hear it from me, Miss Mary, but I see a blue ribbon in your future. Mary smiled and thanked him before returning to her beloved plants. The day was far from over, and there was so much more to be done. <laughs> That's awesome! I love Man. it! I'm just imagining these, like, women who just came out of a plant and like, sort of wandering around. Yeah! What's going on? Are they sentient? I don't know. What's Are what's with more? the pod people? This clearly has a twenty one year uh, gestation period, or no? Like this is a, the twenty first year oh, yeah, of this competition of this competition, yeah. and she and does she well every year. Yeah, the new so world, is that like a new like literal world. I don't know. Pod people come from space. Maybe usually, in my mind, they yes, or That's some cool. sort of like. Like Hunger Gamesy, the world has broken yeah. up and to different weird things and shipping it back together. It's like just a hint of a mystery where you can make it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was really impressed with this kid. Um, yeah, I always so. like books. So we never talked about this. Because, yeah, no, let's do it because um, you can fill in what you what you want to fill in. Yes, I never asked you why. Yeah. Why do you even like books, Liz? <laughs> oh, nerd. I know because stories are so good. <laughs> <laughs> and you can you're you're actively involved. But yeah, I like that you can be really like you're involved in it. You see it. It makes you understand people and places more compassionately. Hmm. Yeah. That's true cuz you do take the time to read them and see from their perspective. Mhm. Mm Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not passive. You actively have to do it. You can't just put a book on your table and it entertain you. You yeah. have to use your eyeballs and your brain. Yeah. Yep. Or your ear holes. Or your, your ear holes. <laughs> ear holes are great. So great. <laughs> so great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, you're welcome anytime. And would you like to sign off with my signature arm fart? Oh, I can try. I don't know if I... We'll see what happens. I don't know if Well, I, I mean, you can do under the cup. I just do the cheater one where you just put your mouth on your arm. Oh, and makeup. Mm. I can't get I realize it's sweater time. It's I know, sweater and this season. has like a weird... Oh, it's beautiful. It's got little Thank lacy you. cuffs. But it does, it's not elastic. So do the buttons... Can't. Are they fake? Oh, no, they're real. Ha, ha, ha. Look at there. You also don't have to arm fart. <laughs> there are well, other... There are so few opportunities <laughs> in my life to arm fart. <laughs> on, on the record? <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> See? It's great. <laughs> oh, you're going to do one little... Okay, thing. okay. <laughs> So many different kinds of farts. <laughs> can, can, can I tell you? Can I tell you why I love arm farts so much? Please do. My friend Annie and I, when we lived in Chicago together and we we're going to Second City, there was a big communal bathroom where, like, three different stages at Piper's Alley, there's like mm -hmm. three different theaters. And at the time, there was also a. Um, uh, Tony and Tina's wedding. Yes. And so we went into the bathroom stalls and would do like, <laughs> oh, I should have had the saltine crackers and like list the most, oh, that, oh, that ginger ale. <laughs> 
So anyway, that's the origin story of that. I love it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye. Yay. Boop, 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 boop.